0: It's harder every single day And I know my darkness will never go away But it's hard when you're living and you don't feel much And you're down and you're hoping that things are gonna change Lost and, we'll
1: find away. and welcome into the Most Accurate Podcast Monday edition. We have some fallout from week 13 in the NFL, and we're also going to get to some uh, waiver wire pickups and, and really center on some running back additions. Because yeah, there was a couple of running backs that had some some big time performances in Week 13, that might help you for for the fantasy playoffs if you tend to be in a bind. I'm mean, Anthony Stalter, alongside me is John Paulson, for4.com senior editor. He joins me every single week. And uh, John, how are we doing today?
0: I'm doing all right today. Uh, I was really surprised with the way that game was going at the Packers. That they, I know everybody likes to hear about my take on the Packers. So, <laughs> I mean, they went into overtime and they kicked a field goal at fourth and, or fourth and one. Or, the three yard line or something after a really b- awful pass play play call, and they're just gouging them on the uh, in the in the running game. Uh, Mike McCarthy decides to throw like, a quick pass to Jordy. He's tackled. I mean, I like that play generally, but you need a yard just just run the ball. I don't know. Um, yeah. And then they had to kick the field goal, and I was like, oh, now now we're gonna lose on a field goal. But they uh, pushed it to overtime, and then uh, the two young running backs, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, took over. Aaron Jones with the the bounce outside to score the touchdown. I couldn't believe it. Like I was, I, that I was that was grasping the victory from the jaws of defeat. I thought.
1: And you have to feel somewhat good. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers can return in Week 15 like he's supposed to, I think you guys have the what, Cleveland Browns this weekend. So you're 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 not dead. You're not not all is not lost for the Green Bay Packers.
0: They're not dead, and but they always put themselves in this position where they have to like win five straight games (laughs) to even have a chance at the playoffs. And that's what the, that's the situation they're in now. And I know, I know there's fans out there, especially uh, Josh Moore, uh, fans of other teams that do not feel sorry at all for uh, the Packers having uh, problems at quarterback or just frustrating their fan base. But um, we're used to seeing them in the playoffs and they should be in the playoffs. So hopefully they can, (laughs) uh, I don't know. Hopefully they can, uh, Win next week, uh, it would be really fitting if they go to the Browns and lose in a game that they have to win. Yeah. And that's the that's the death kneel, uh, the the final nail in the coffin. That would be uh, pretty telling for the Packers season.
1: Well, speaking of the Browns, I've got a question a little bit later on in the podcast about Josh Gordon. But before we get into the, the Week 13 roundup, tell us about the music that brought us in.
0: Oh, yeah, that was uh, – I couldn't believe it when I was looking at our playlist that I had never featured a, a track by um, – the strombellas. And I actually have a little story about this. Uh, I went to see them at the observatory in orange County, uh, Santa Ana area. And I tweeted that I was going to see them. I was excited to see them. And, uh, their keyboardist, Dave Ritter actually reached out to me. He had, he was following me on Twitter and was aware of my rankings and stuff. And, uh, just said, Hey, what's up? And you know, I'm a follower and fan. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. I'm a fan too. Your album's great. Uh, Their, their 2016 album, Hope was my, my album of the year. Not that anybody uh, takes my album of the year into consideration, (laughs) but um, he said, let me know when you get there and uh, we can meet up. And I was like, Oh, cool. So he came out during the opening band and uh, met my son, uh, Max and my wife and talked to us for a few minutes. And then uh, after the, after the show, he gave us a set list for Max to keep. Signed a set list, and uh, Max has got it up on his wall. Uh, as a memory of that show, it was a really great show. If you ever have a chance to see them, uh, the Strombells. That track was uh, We Don't Know, uh, number three track off that album, Hope. And uh, be sure to listen to the end of the podcast for the uh, the buildup of that song because uh, uh, it's a really great tune. That's a cool story.
1: I always like when a band or a team or a player anybody can kind of you know, shape, shape the the fandom of a child, you know, it's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Let's dive into some of the, the, we'll start off actually not, not with a roundup per se, but like I said, at the start of the podcast, let's talk a little bit about some potential waiver wire pickups that could help owners that might be desperate at the running back position. We'll start off with Peyton Barber, John, he rushed 23 times for 102 yards and he also caught all four of his targets for 41 yards in the Bucks' Week 13 loss to your Packers. If Doug Martin is out again for Week 14, is Barber worth another play for owners?
0: This was an interesting situation yesterday because you know we got late word that they were announcing him as the starter, and a lot of times that just means he's going to be on the field for the first play or whatever. And, uh, but this turned into a 27-touch day and 143 yards. Um, this was a little bit of a misdirection because the previous game they uh, gave Jaquiz Rogers. You know more carries. And Pey- Peyton Barber just came in on the goal line, but they must uh, apparently like him and like what he's brought to the table. There was a game a few weeks ago, I think it was New Orleans, uh, where basically Doug Martin got benched uh, and uh, Barber came in. I think it was a blowout. And Barber came in and got a pretty significant workload against the Saints, um, which is sort of foreshadowing this. So uh, next week against the Lions... Uh, this is a nice matchup. The Lions um, have been getting gouged in the running game. So if Doug Martin remains out, or even if Doug Martin plays, uh, we could see Barber in the lead role there. Uh, if you need a flex or an RB2 or want to play keep away uh, from your opponent this week, uh, I know a lot of leagues are either entering the first week of their playoffs or, or in the last week of their regular season, usually an important game. If you want to play keep away from your opponent who needs a running back, you might want to pick up Barber. He's one of the a few guys here that we're going to talk about that uh, might be able to help your team next week.
1: Speaking of which, with that same kind of mindset came same kind of thought process. What about Mike Davis for another waiver wire ad? He had a nice game and a tough matchup last night versus the
0: Eagles. Yeah. I mean, this is a brutal matchup against the Eagles. I mean, we've faded all the, uh, Seattle running backs, um, In this game, Philly is uh, number one in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. And, you know, he turned in a pretty good day. I mean, he averaged four yards per carry on 16 carries, 64 yards uh, rushing. He also added four catches for 37 yards. So he's involved in both facets of the game, which has been a real problem uh, for the Seattle running backs. Either they're J.D. McKissick and they pretty much only catch the ball or they're Eddie Lacey and Thomas Rawls and they only run the ball and don't run it very well. Um, But this uh, this is, uh, you know, shaping up to be another workhorse running back here for the final three weeks they they liked him uh they, he ran against uh, your falcons six for 18 and then two caught two passes for 42, 41 yards in that game but he only played 22 percent of the snaps i think he went out with an injury in that game uh and they've got uh, jacksonville up next this is a tougher matchup uh, they've improved their rush defense significantly but in week 15 they have the rams uh, and the rams can be run on um and then they have dallas in week 16 so this is a Kind of another sneaky pickup here. If you're if you don't get Barber, or maybe you prefer Davis, uh, just pick up one of these two guys. Both of them, um, maybe to help you down the stretch or to play keep away. Two more potential waiver wire ads
1: that I wanted to ask you about before we get into some of the fallout from week 13 rookie running back Tion green from the Detroit lions. He rushed for 33 yards in his NFL debut. Then he turned his first red zone touch into a six yard touchdown is green fantasy relevant. Are we talking about a small sample size with only just one game and you know, 33 yards rushing?
0: Well, this is a good opportunity for me to point out. Um, our uh, r- uh, running back by committee report, RBBC report, uh, for the Lions, you can click on a team, and then you can see what they did last week uh, with uh, with their matchup against the Ravens. You can see the snaps. You can see rush attempts, rushing yards, uh, targets, touchdowns, obviously, receptions, reception yardage, uh, and then their fantasy points and everything, and, and touches as well. So uh, it's a nice little breakdown. TN Green outcarried uh, Theo Riddick. Um, didn't catch any passes. Uh so what I think what we'll see is if it looks like he's passed Dwayne Washington, who I believe was a healthy scratch, and Zach Zenner. Uh it looks like he's passed them both and is now sort of the compliment if uh to, to theoretic if Amir Abdullah is out. Um the matchup is pretty good against the Buccaneers, twenty fifth and just a fantasy points a lot of running backs. The the Packers running game really got going against the Bucks, so uh this is not a bad matchup at all, but you have to kind of hope if you are picking up T. N. Green that uh, Abdullah remains out.
1: Kerwin Williams, let's talk about him. With Adrian Peterson inactive due to a neck injury, he drew the start. He being Williams, he rushed for ninety-seven yards and sixteen carries in the Cardinals' loss to the Rams. If AP misses another week, what's your early projection on Williams for week Week fourteen?
0: He didn't catch any passes. That was all DJ Foster. Uh, he saw the five targets, but Kerwin Williams basically saw all the the carries except for the. Uh, the touchdown that Elijah Penny got. you're um, Looking forward, they've got the the Titans next week. They're twentieth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running back, so it's not a bad matchup there. Um, so you can expect maybe another fifteen carries for eighty yards or so uh, in that game, with no catches and maybe a touchdown.
1: Moving on from some potential waiver wire claims to some fallout from Week 13, let's start off with Matthew Stafford. He left the Lions' loss to the Ravens with an injured right hand. He suffered the injury after he was stepped on, and then rookie Jake Rudock replaced Stafford with about four minutes remaining in the game. What is a serious injury to Stafford due to Colton Tate, uh, Golden Tate and the rest of the Detroit's fantasy-relevant players?
0: Well, Stafford's one of the best quarterbacks in the league in terms of talent, and if he's out, it's going to submarine. The entire passing game, so uh, I would be extremely worried about his injury and monitoring that. If I uh, either owned Stafford or any of the um, any of the receivers here, the the good news is, I guess, is that they face the Bucks next week. They're twenty six and just a fantasy points allowed to quarterback. So if if Ruddock is under um, center, you know there's a chance that he could put up decent numbers in that game. But week fifteen, week sixteen against Chicago and Cincinnati are not looking too good.
1: And I apologize. Rudock is actually a second-year player, not a rookie. I I said that he was a rookie. Uh, Moving on, another quarterback was injured yesterday when Tyrod Taylor left the Bills' loss to the Patriots. He left on a card. He reportedly has a sprained knee that could cost him the next three to four weeks. Maybe the Bills decide to get an extended look at Nathan Peterman anyways. Uh, What's the fantasy ramifications with Buffalo potentially going back to Nathan Peterman?
0: Well, considering the last time we saw Peterman prior to Week 13, he threw five interceptions on 14 pass attempts. Uh, I would say that it's bad. I, but I would say that it's not good. <laughs> Definitely not good for LaShawn McCoy because Tyrod Taylor's legs, uh, you know, open up rushing lanes for McCoy. Uh, you know, the, the, the read option and all that. So, um, uh, this is a concern for the entire Bills' offense. I would say the, the nice thing is that they face the uh, Colts, the Dolphins, and then the, the, the Patriots again in the next three weeks. So, these are foreboding uh, defensive uh, teams uh, for, for Peterman and, and the Bills to face.
1: In his first action back, Josh Gordon saw 11 targets catching four passes for 85 yards in the Browns' loss to the Chargers. What do you think of Gordon's return, and what's his upside for the fantasy playoffs?
0: Well, I was uh, admittedly a little lukewarm on his uh, prospects. I mean, he he did come back from a year-long absence or a 10-game absence la- uh, last time in 2014 and had a nice game, had a nice first two games, and then really faded down the stretch. But um, if he's going to see 11 targets and... Uh, they're designing plays for him, which is what uh, the the report was mid morning yesterday. Um, then you know it certainly looks like he's the top receiver there in Cleveland. I mean, uh, Corey Coleman. Uh, I think you have a question about him coming up next, but we can just address them together. Is it doesn't look like he's going to be a, a, a safe start with Gordon back in the lineup? Uh, Gordon was also covered by Casey Hayward, uh, and I know like seventy plus yards of his. 85 yards were charged to Hayward. Uh, I would, you know, it's it's impressive that he did that against Hayward. Uh, Hayward was coming off of a week where he lost his brother. So, you know, I wouldn't read too much uh, into that performance uh, for Gordon and Hayward. Uh, it was maybe, this is just a tough situation for Hayward to come back and try to play. Uh, it probably wasn't uh, 100% Melia there, which is totally understandable. Uh, with, the, with the Packers on tap here, for Gordon, I think he'll be ranked in my top twenty. Uh, you can't you can't deny the eleven targets, and if he's going to see that type of work, even though he only caught four of eleven, he's never been a, a big efficiency guy. He usually catches about half of his targets, but you know, twenty one yards per reception. Uh, they were giving him targets in the red zone as well, and Deshaun Kaiser going to take some chances and try to get him the ball. Uh, I think he's a pretty good fantasy start next week against the Packers.
1: Let's talk about Kenyon Drake. He made significant strides on Sunday during Miami's 35-9 victory over the Denver Broncos. He rushed for a career-high 120 yards, also had a touchdown on 23 carries. The highlight play was his 42-yard run uh, up the left sideline for a touchdown in the second half. When you include Drake's three receptions, he carried the football 26 times, which also was a career best. Is Drake emerging as an every-week RB2?
0: I think it depends somewhat on Damian Williams' uh, status. If he's out, then there's just no reason to be splitting time here, and let, let let's see what Drake can do as the feature back. And he did very well against the Broncos. I mean, my my report on Friday that the, the defensive line was suffering from the flu certainly looked like it um, came to fruition here and paid off. Uh, I don't know if did you bet on the on the Dolphins this week?
1: Uh, I didn't, and I I was kicking myself <laughs> when Miami. I just couldn't. People understand this. I just couldn't pull the trigger on the Miami Dolphins. But yeah. when it when they got up like thirty to two or whatever it was, I'm like, uh oh, I probably should have done it. <laughs>
0: um, I just couldn't bet on Jacob. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this week they have the Patriots. It's going to be you know the Patriots' defense is improving. They're starting to limit some of these things uh, that the, the team you know the, the good offenses. They're they're starting to tighten up correct some of their mistakes early in the season uh are 13th and adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs now uh but you know you can't deny this this volume 26 touches 141 yards i mean you wouldn't see that uh you know in a game that the, the dolphins are probably going to trail uh, against the, the patriots but he could see six or seven uh receptions so i, I think certainly if, if williams is out you're looking at, at drake as a quality uh rb2 in ppr formats Sammy Watkins caught three or four targets for
1: 38 yards and a touchdown in the Rams' win yesterday. Uh, I know that he really has been kind of a boomer-bust player, but with Robert Woods expecting to miss at least one more game, are you warming to the idea of Watkins as a potential wide receiver three with with Woods out?
0: Yeah, this was a tough one for me to rank because he's coming on. You know, he had the four for 82 to touchdown on nine targets uh, in Week 12 against New Orleans. The New Orleans uh, uh, secondary was – was banged up in that game and he, he capitalized with the woods's absence and then woods is out again against the, uh, the Cardinals, but he has this really tough matchup with Patrick Peterson and, um, he only saw the four targets. That was my worry. was the lower targets because, you know, Marquise Lee, the previous week against uh, Peterson saw two targets. Um, and then, I was a little bit worried about Watkins' volume, and but he got the touchdown, so that really helps his day. He only had 38 yards receiving, but it was very efficient in his four targets with the three catches and the touchdown. So, um, you know, next week if uh, if Woods is, remains out, there's a really nice matchup against the Eagles at home. The 24th adjusted fantasy points allowed to, to wide receivers, so I think Watkins would and, and Cup would be ranked in my top 20 uh, next week if if Woods remains out.
1: Eagles tight end Zach Ertz left last night's game against the Seahawks in the third quarter due to a concussion. We don't. It's only Monday, so we have no idea if Ertz is going to get cleared in time for this Sunday's game against the Rams in L.A. But if Ertz isn't cleared for Week 14, is Trey Burton a streaming option for Ertz owners?
0: Definitely. Uh, Burton came in and had, uh, I think it was the, I'm looking at which game it was, I think it was against Denver. Yeah, Denver, uh, Ertz missed the Denver game and Burton had two catches for 41 yards and a touchdown on four targets played 68% in the snaps. And then last night against the, the Seahawks, he came in and had seven targets with, with earth sidelined um, for four catches for 42 yards. Uh, and then, you know, next week, it's not a great matchup against the Rams, but if he's out or um, if Ertz is out, then uh, Burton will be very playable as a top 15 uh, uh, ranked tight end heading into that game. And then uh, in week 15, if he's out, if Ertz remains out, then they hit, uh, Burton would have the Giants, who are 32nd last in the league and adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends.
1: Even though Greg Olson didn't play yesterday, uh, I did want to ask you about him. He apparently had a setback due to that playing surface at MetLife Stadium two weeks ago when the Panthers played the Jets, so he was inactive yesterday. The, play, the Panthers play on a natural grass surface, and they're going to host the Vikings on Sunday. But for for owners that are chomping at the bit to try to get Olson back in the lineup, would you completely avoid him this Sunday when they when he's when he's got a tough matchup?
0: Yeah, I don't think he. Had, I don't think he had a setback. I think they were worried about the, having a setback on that turf because he apparently the MetLife uh, Stadium turf uh, in week twelve causes some problems, uh, so they don't want to play on the the artificial grass with him. So uh, the the matchup is bad. He wasn't terribly involved against the Jets. He had four targets and 33% of the snaps. So I wouldn't trust him um, necessarily. But at this point, you know, Olsen's going to be better than most of the streaming options that are available. And if he's out there against the, the Vikings, you know, you've got his, you look at the the, the Panthers uh, receivers and they just don't have much after Devin Funches and Christian McCaffrey. So they need a third, second or third option there behind Funches. And uh, if Olsen's out there, he'll probably see seven or eight targets if he can play a full game. But it's just, you know, can you trust that foot? Obviously, there's not going to be a lot of touchdowns scored against the Vikings. They're a good defensive team, uh, as they showed against your Falcons yesterday. Um, but, you know, the, the points are going to be limited. Uh, but maybe maybe Olsen can get you a five for five for 60 type day. John,
1: one more tight end question before I ask you about a pivotal decision coming up for Monday Night Football owners. Is Ricky Seals Jones a reliable streaming option with fantasy playoffs starting this week? The the reason why I ask this is he has nine catches for 170 yards and three touchdowns over his last three games. But he, he caught just two of five targets for 44 yards yesterday in that game against the Rams. So... I, I, if I'm a, if I'm a Ricky Seals Jones owner, I I wonder if, if he's going to get it done in the playoffs. I mean, maybe, maybe I got no other choice if I'm starting him. Uh, but what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the rookie overall?
0: Well, to answer your question, it's, there's no, there's almost no trustworthy fantasy options at the tight end position. Even Travis Kelsey has a terrible day once in a while. It's just one of those weird positions. I mean, every position in football, I guess, uh, is not completely trustworthy. You just have to hope that they get the workload that you are expecting. And looking at his game log, he had five targets against Houston in week 11, six targets against Jacksonville in week 12, and then this week against the Rams, five targets. Even though he's only playing 14 to 23% of the snaps, uh, the usage is there. Now he could go out there and and play 23% of the snaps and see one target because he just isn't open uh, or Gabbard doesn't release the ball and he could end up with a goose egg for you. But that's true of any of these uh, tight ends that you're, we're ranking in the eight to or six to 15 range, because it's just one of those positions where they're not consistently getting necessarily most of these guys getting six to 10 targets every single week. Uh, and a big part of the game playing every single week, there's only a handful of guys that are like that. So looking at him, what he's done the last three weeks, uh, you know, three touchdowns. He didn't have a touchdown last week, but three touchdowns in at least weeks eleven and twelve. And then looking at his upcoming matchups, uh, week fourteen against Tennessee, they're nineteenth in adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, to tight ends. Uh, Washington twenty seventh in that metric. And then week sixteen, the Giants last in the league, thirty second in that metric. These are this is a really good end of season schedule for him. If you're if you're desperate at the tight end position, or if you're even hurting, you can run him out there. You might have to live with a, a goose egg, but uh, you know he's got at least forty four yards. Uh, in um, each of the last three games and, um, you know, three touchdowns in that span. So why not?
1: You got a tough decision and I know you had a tough decision heading into this week, John, with Antonio Brown. So Adam Schefter said on ESPN Sunday morning that there was real question about Antonio Brown's availability for Monday night game, Monday night game, Monday night night's game against the Bengals. Brown is dealing with a toe injury. He's officially listed as questionable, but then, but then there was an NFL network Report that suggested there's optimism now that he's going to play. Talk to us about just kind of the the ranking process here. When Antonio Brown's healthy, he's a clear cut, you know, top top three overall wide receiver, depending on the matchup. But when you have a situation like this with Brown, he's banged up, and the Steelers play on Monday night. What's that like when it comes to to, to ranking these guys for you?
0: Yeah, when we get this late stuff and we don't know exactly what's going on with a player and it's a player like Antonio Brown, who would have otherwise been my number one receiver this week. Um, And he plays on Monday night and owners, you know, on Monday morning are tweeting at me, like, what do I do with Antonio Brown? Do I start X player over him? Or do I, you know, obviously the right or the best, not the right, the ideal thing to do is to have Juju Smith Schuster on the roster, Martavis Bryant on the roster uh, and wait until Brown is inactive and then you can plug one of those two guys in as your starter. Now that not everybody has that option. Uh, I know Martavis Bryant was picked up a lot last week because Smith Schuster was out. Uh, so he's not available on all waiver wires. The next best thing is to uh, maybe have a Brandon LaFell uh, who plays for the, the Bengals. And in that same game that you could say, all right, well maybe I can run LaFell out there. Maybe he'll catch a touchdown and, and cover me for this week. You have to decide whether or not you want to start these guys. Maybe you have ranked in the top 20 over him. So I, what I did as a ranker was I looked at what he did. I knew he struggled against the, the Bengals in the last five games. He, it's like one of the worst teams for him to face over the last five games. Now that doesn't really, you know, mean anything or mean a lot. It means something. Maybe that maybe the Bengals have his number a little bit, or they have a plan that has worked in the past for them. So they're going to continue to work with that plan. Uh, in the f- last five games, he's averaged 13.1 PPR, fantasy points per game, which is good, uh, but not, not up to his usual standard. Um, uh, he in, in the 37 other games since 2015, he's averaged 23.5, 23.6 fantasy points per game. So significant drop off when he plays the, the Bengals. 4.8 uh, receptions per game, uh, 59 yards, uh, 9.4 targets, and uh, 0.4 touchdowns per game in those five games. So, long story short, I took his uh, uh, distributions against since he applied them to. Uh, what I had uh, Ben Roethlisberger um, projected for in this game. I also downgraded about Roethlisberger a little bit for not, you know, potentially not having his number one receiver uh, because it was real doubt that he would play according to Adam Schefter. And so I have him basically projected for that type of a day um, thinking that, you know, if he goes out there, there's three things that could happen. One, he could outperform it and blow up. Two, he could play and not do very well. In which case, it's better to start one of your top 20 receivers over him. Or three, he could not play at all or really struggle. And, you know, we needed to uh, have him ranked lower. And I figured that this ranking, ranking of 21st, was the best we could do uh, given what we knew. Um, two out of the three things could happen, and this ranking would cover you for that. <laughs> Uh, so as of right now, it looks like he's trending in the right direction might be out there. I don't know that I'm, you know, I don't know about you, Anthony, but I, when I have this going on, or maybe if you're wagering on a game, uh, you can't even watch it, you know, fading, (laughs) faded big Ben in the rankings. I had, I think I had him at 20. Um, and then I ranked Antonio Brown at 21, given all the uncertainty, but I felt like I had to do that, uh, not knowing whether or not he was going to play. If he was really 50, 50 or 60, 40 to play, I had to account for that risk. Uh, on Sunday morning when people had to set their lineup so uh, I don't think I think I'll just come back at the end of the game and see what happened because I think it's better to get all that bad news at once if there is if there is bad news
1: (laughs) yeah I can equate it to betting on the under and uh, you know when you take when you take an under and you're watching the game it's the absolute worst because if it's a football game and you have the under Every single first down, you're like, well, okay, this, that, this is going to be a high-scoring game. These these teams are moving into that will, and you're just being just absurd with it. So sometimes it's just better just to not watch the game and check the score at the end of it because you're just torturing yourself. So I, I guess to some degree, I get, I get what you're going through. Um, any other thoughts on the Monday Night Football matchup? Uh, you, you went in depth with Antonio Brown. Is there anything else you're watching for tonight with the Steelers visiting the Bengals?
0: Well, this is one the one game that I saw yesterday that had any sort of weather implications. It was, as of yesterday, it was supposed to rain, 90% chance of rain. Um, this is a, usually a low-scoring battle between these two teams, and they know each other well. Both Dalton and Roethlisberger have, have struggled against each other, and you know that trend could continue or it could just uh, reverse, uh, and we have one of these outlier games because... Trends, you know, like I was another great example of like you are expecting this to happen and it doesn't happen. Or you know, look at Devonte Parker's day yesterday. Jay Cutler's back under center, and uh, he's been the most targeted player in that offense. And then he ends up with two to I don't know, two or four targets uh, while while Cutler suddenly starts throwing the ball to Kenny Stills, um, and then you have a trend like the uh, Cameron Brait. James Winston trend where great was really kind of being pushed out of that offense. Then all of a sudden Winston's back under center and he catches two touchdowns. So uh, trends can go either way. We might see the, you know, might see the same old Steelers. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for a downpour. I want to see, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see uh 30 runs on both sides for my, you know, my rankings to to do well. Uh, but I know there are people out there that need big Ben and Antonio Brown and all these guys to, to play well and AJ green and all that. Um, so we'll, we might we'll have to see what happens. Um, I, I think it'll be a, a typical uh, AFC North brawl. Um, I'm, I'm just interested to see how Mixon does against the Steelers' defense. AJ Green as well, uh, and then obviously on the Pittsburgh side of the ball, Antonio Brown, Juju, uh, and Martavis Bryant. Is his confidence coming back? Is he a part of this offense now, or is he going to go back to uh, third fiddle uh, or fourth fiddle? I guess behind Le'Veon Bell, Juju, and uh, Antonio Brown.
1: All right, that'll do it for our uh, our edition. I think it's a thirty six podcast that we've done since the start of the season, John. So it's it's been it's been fun, and now this is the best time of year because you're getting into the fancy playoffs. Unless you didn't make the playoffs, of course, then you're probably not listening, anyways. Uh, and I apologize for that. But uh, we'll we'll kind of head into week fourteen and take a look at some of the injury situations around the league. We'll we'll get another look at uh, what should be a really good, entertaining 3rd night football game between the Falcons and the Saints when we join you again on Friday. For John Paulson, by the way, you can follow him on Twitter at 444 underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. We'll see you next time on the Most Accurate Podcast.